welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week, we're going to be looking at the case of Wood and Capita Insurance Services Limited. The citation for this case is 2017 UKSC 24. This case begins when Capita bought a company called Short Term Direct Limited from Wood, and basically this company offers motor insurance for classic cars. However, problems began for Capita when employees voiced their concerns about the way that insurance had actually been sold. After an internal review showed that customers had been misled by the sales team, Capita obviously went on to inform the Financial Services Authority and duly paid compensation to the affected customers. However, they were obviously not happy about having to pay out for something that wasn't their fault, so they sought to recover the money from Wood. This required examining the original sales agreement between the parties, and we're not going to look at this in full, but the clause that we are going to focus on is 7.11, and this was an indemnity clause. The important point to take from this clause was that on a strict view of the wording, the clause seems to only apply where some sort of claim or complaint is actively brought against the company, and that is not what actually happened here. It was because of an internal review, rather than any external complaint about the company. However, when the case was first litigated in the High Court, they held that Wood still had to pay the money back to Capita, even in the absence of any claim or complaint. The Court of Appeal disagreed with this and applied a strict interpretation of this Clause 7.11. The case was then appealed by Capita to the Supreme Court, and this is where we're obviously picking it up today. Now, obviously the justices will go on to deal with Clause 7.11, but the first thing that they actually had to do was address the broader issue of contract interpretation that has been in and out of the courts in the last few years. The main debate in this area exists between two key cases that were previously decided upon by the Supreme Court. In Rainy Sky and Cookman Bank 2011, a relatively broad approach was taken whereby any interpretation by the courts would have to accord with so-called business common sense. However, by way of contrast, in the case of Arnold and Britain 2015, this case noted that while there should be a degree of flexibility when the wording is not clear, this is limited to only identifying what the parties themselves had agreed. In other words, the court should not impose their own meaning on the contract based on what they think the parties should have agreed. So, going back to our present case, how would the Supreme Court decide between these two apparently conflicting or not agreeing authorities? Well, they began by noting that it's the court's job to get to the objective meaning of any contract. However, in doing so, it does make reference to the surrounding context. When the meaning is unclear, reference should also be made to business common sense as per rainy sky. But this is not though to the exclusion of the possibility that an agreement may have been deliberately drafted in a particular way to exclude certain liabilities, as we saw with Wood in this particular case. Therefore, when we take all of this into account, rainy sky and Arnold and Britain are not really conflicting authorities but are to be taken together as a holistic approach to contractual interpretation. 
In other words, examining the text and examining the context are not mutually exclusive. So with that sorted out, the justices then had to apply this to the present case that we have in front of us, and in particular clause 7.1 of this contract between Wood and Capita. Looking at the wording of the contract as well as the context within and without the agreement, it is clear that the wider interpretation suggested by Capita simply does not hold water. 7.11 was clearly designed to restrict the liability of Wood outside of the existing warranty. So what can we actually learn from this judgement? I guess the key question that we need to ask is, does this actually help them clear up contractual interpretations for future cases that might come before the courts? Well, the answer is that it does, but only to a certain extent. We now know as a result of this case that Arnold and Britain is not a retreat from the decision in Rainy Sky, but those two cases are part of an overall framework. However, while I think it is possible to accept that both the wording of a contract and the context are important, I don't think that it's necessarily clear from this judgement where the emphasis between those two aspects actually lies. Should the emphasis be on the context, or should it be on the contract itself? For the Supreme Court to respond to this question by basically saying, both are important, it does not feel especially helpful and could have the potential to cause confusion throughout the lower courts in future contract disputes. Well, thank you very much once again for listening to an episode of the UK Law Weekly podcast. Thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. Also remember to check out my new website uklawweekly.com where you can find old podcast episodes as well as video lectures on a range of subjects and all of the latest legal news that is affecting the UK. Thanks very much for listening. Bye!